0: Coming. Oh, uh, Gareth. Jareth.
1: Oli Jung, Keith.
0: You're the first here. Uh, come on in.
1: I am first? I, I suspected I would be late.
0: Yeah, well, everyone else is later. Make yourself comfortable.
1: Well, did you enjoy last night's festival?
0: Uh, uh, not really. I've never been big into things like that. Actually, I kind of hate them. Thanks for walking back with me to Zana's... I'm sorry I didn't, you know, say anything to you. I wasn't really in a talking mood.
1: I too had much to consider. Where is Zana?
0: She's around. I think she's outside feeding the lizards. Ah, good. Where are you going? I have to retrieve certain things from Zana's cellar. Hey, too, Jareth? What? Never mind.
1: Now, where did I
0: put that? So what is it with you guys hiding stuff in Zana's cellar?
1: Unlike Fesmer, I obtain permission to keep belongings down here. Certain compounds are best stored at the cold temperature.
0: Uh-huh. Not enough room in your house? Ha!
1: I live in one of university's faculty dormitories. Not only do I lack in space, there are certain things I cannot keep. You lived in your university's dormitory, correct?
0: Sure did. I was pretty sick of it, though.
1: And you lived with Shay.
0: Last year. I got a single this year. And, uh, speaking of Shana... Yes? Did the two of you have fun at the dance?
1: I suppose so. She is a complicated person.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Her facets are multifaceted.
1: Did you and Fesmer enjoy yourselves?
0: Eh, well... <laughs> I think Fesmer had a little much to drink. Uh, he
1: must learn to heed his limits.
0: He was being way overbearing. It's hard to have any sort of good time with someone trying to force alcohol on you.
1: Well, at least Meek and Khan enjoyed themselves. <laughs> yeah. Ah, here it is.
0: What have you got there?
1: It is a secret. Now, let us return to the kitchen, and quickly, lest we are sighted.
0: Okay. Aha! Undetected.
1: <laughs> Hopefully the others do not take too much longer to arrive. I am eager to reach the cabin.
0: <laughs> yeah... You ever been there before?
1: No, but Zana tells me it is a beautiful location.
0: I'm looking forward to a real day off. It'll be nice.
1: It shall be quite more than nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure.
2: Are we all prepared, Kate? Jareth and I
3: checked.
4: Everything's locked up. gone? Shay and I have finished loading the cart. Um, Umbra? Hooked up and ready to go, and obstinate as ever. Meek, will Fesmer survive the journey?
5: Please, go on without me. Save yourselves.
6: He'll
2: survive, won't you, buddy? (laughs) Oh, no, I will not.
6: He's fine.
2: And Meek, will you be Rana?
6: Yeah, Leg's doing better already. Won't even need a cane soon. Very well. Let us depart.
5: Oh, I ignore him. Why does the sun mock me with its brightness? It mocks you because you have the tolerance of a ten-year-old girl. I am not a ten-year-old girl. Getting crunk is taxing labor.
6: Yeah, for a ten-year-old girl.
5: Ah, nonsense. I had... I had... Uh, well, well, I do not exactly recall how many I had, but I assure you it was a staggering quantity.
0: Aw, is you grumpy because you forgot your dolly? Well, it looks like Fesmer is reaping some of what he's sown. In what sense? He was totally out of line last night. I
2: am certain Fesmer meant well, Kate. <laughs> well, that's no excuse. No, I suppose not. But attempt to understand his view. He was being a jerk. I understand
0: that. What did he do that was so egregious? He said I didn't know how to have fun. Well, do you? What? Did you attempt
2: to enjoy yourself at all last night? Maybe I would have if he wasn't being so forceful. So, you did not attempt to enjoy yourself? No, I guess not. No, I will not deny that Vesmer's social skills are... ...are somewhat lacking. But was he the only reason you did not enjoy the festival? Huh. I guess I was being a bit of a jerk, too good. Helps nothing, Keith. Simply learn from your experience.
1: How are you this morning, Shay?
4: I've been better. She still struggles to sleep. Is it the dream? Everything's a little too perfect to be just a dream. The more I learn. By this point, I'm scared of the Legion as the dream.
1: Well, you may comfort yourself with the knowledge that Landy has never fallen to those villains
4: doesn't seem to keep them out, though. I seem to recall being chased by legionnaires on hoverbikes the first day we were here.
1: True, there may be some hidden amongst us.
4: Wasn't one of them Fesmer's friend?
3: Caleb? Caleb, Fesmer's neighbor. Do not trouble yourself over them. In any case, they are no more a danger to you than university. The legion no
1: worse than university? The same legion that marched armies across Baella. Even now they seek to
3: infect our way of life. You are beginning to sound like Fesmer. In the past, there may have been some threat, but now? At least they do not persecute those who simply use OD differently.
1: Differently and dangerously. But I tire of this argument.
4: Yeah, me too. You know, you guys really aren't helping here. Apologies, uh, Shay. Anyway, since we're on the topic, I'm still fuzzy on this legion-conquers-the-world thing. Should we be worried?
1: Long ago, their armies swept the world, conquering all. But they could not hold what they obtained. Hundreds of years later they appeared again as a militant religion. They called it the
3: Crusade of Order. But once again they overstepped their reach. It is believed History that- lesson aside, no. Ill dreams notwithstanding, you have no cause for concern. The Legion will not be taking over the world in the next few days. And a few days is all you have left here.
6: Yeah, guess so. God, your conversations is boring to eavesdrop on as Catherine's. Lighten up. We got the day off.
5: Meek, you could Slow down. I cannot maintain this pace.
6: Could. Won't. You'll just have to pump those little girl legs a bit faster and burn off that hangover.
5: I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Praise enorm, we have arrived. Wow, it's beautiful. Yeah,
6: Targo's got himself some prime real estate.
2: That is the truth. The view of the lake alone is stunning. Jareth, would you unhitch the cart? I am certain Nampara would enjoy the opportunity to run free. Yes, Shishwa. Okay, Archon, would you assist me in opening the cabin? If the rest of you would unload the cart, Jen. Sure thing. That's his cabin? It's bigger than Fesmer's house.
5: Yes, that is true. But does it have the charm of my house?
6: If you're referring to your unique style of interior decorating, then no, probably not.
5: What is wrong with my style?
6: Well, it's not so much a style as the product of poor impulse control.
5: (laughs) You are hardly one to speak of poor impulse control.
4: All right, you two, stop bickering. Let's get unpacked. Yes, Mom. Don't be creepy, Mike. We're here to help, Jareth.
1: Good. I was beginning to fear I had to unpack this myself.
5: I am hungry.
1: Of course, you're hungry. You're
5: always hungry. I cannot argue against the truth. Then ugh, take this surprisingly heavy basket of food. What maybe heavy to your noodly scholars on. <laughs> very well. Heavy it is.
4: I'll get the stuff. Meek,
1: would you assist me with this trunk? Oh, man. What's in here? Rocks? I believe so, yes. Wait, seriously? No. Use caution on the stairs.
2: Where would you like this, Zana? Over there is fine. Well, that's the last of it.
5: Ah, then it is high time for lunch.
2: There is plenty
0: of food in that basket. First, mayor, would you... show sure enough. Ah, uh, that never gets old. If it's so fun to teach him slang, why don't you learn theirs? I have, but uh, it's not really appropriate for polite conversation. Really? Come on, let's hear it.
2: Yes, Meek. Share your new abilities. Hey, no fair tag-teaming me. Do not censor yourself on my account, Meek. We are all adults. The food
6: is prepared. Good save, buddy.
2: So, what's everyone gonna do today? I plan to spend the day relaxing on the water. Yeah, and Zana's going
6: to teach me how to fish. That beach looks pretty tempting. Actual sandy beach. I think I'm gonna catch some rays. Maybe go swimming. It is somewhat cold. Not after lying in the hot sun for a while. Getting all nice and warm.
5: Oh, that is a fine idea.
3: Perhaps I shall attempt some of this
4: ray catching as well. What of you, Darth?
3: It is a secret.
4: Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go for a walk. Explore a little.
3: Would you care for company?
4: No, I'm good. See you all in a bit.
0: Is she Rana? She just needs some shana time. Alone. Kate, shall we gather our tackle? Lead on.
6: And then there were four. Jareth, you are welcome to join us on the beach. Perhaps. Later. Well then, let's grab some snacks and hit the sand. Man, this is nice. Like the lake we'd go to when I was a kid. Now that I think of it... This is the most water I have ever seen.
5: Never been to the ocean? (laughs) I have scarcely left Laundee. When I was very young, my father brought Porik and myself all the way to the seaport of Toulon Bay. It was an amazing sight. So,
3: what are we doing precisely?
5: Well, I'm going to lie down on this beach and
6: chill for a while. Ah, You're encouraged to join me in the
5: doing of nothing. Nothing? Yep. A fine idea.
3: I do not know the last time I did nothing. I am always doing
6: something. All the more reason to join us. You gotta chill now and then, relax. I suppose you are correct. Ah, this is nice. You know, I haven't had a chance to relax since I got here. Comas don't count. I mean, what's the point of going all out so much that you never have a chance to just chill?
1: What are you three doing?
5: We are chilling.
3: Ah. Have any of you seen Shea? Nope. She is over in that direction, roughly a hundred paces. Really? So she's using Odin. I can feel it.
1: I see. Charen? Chagrendi fi, Arkan. Enjoy your chilling.
6: <laughs> Jared just said chilling. Yeah, it's funny.
3: He's, he's pleasant.
6: Well, yeah, Have't you heard? I'm always right.
4: Come on, work stupid magic. Shay, are you...
1: Ah, there you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Apologies, I did not mean to interrupt. Oh,
4: hey, Jareth. How is your practice progressing? I'm just experimenting. I've almost got it all worked out, but the second half is harder than I thought.
1: The array you have drawn, it is for Farsight.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to contact Tyler.
1: Your brother? Mm Mm-hmm. Fascinating. You are attempting to use Tyler's emotional connection to you, coupled with your own phenomenal prowess, to overcome the limiting effects of distance.
4: That's the idea, but I'm still having trouble. It's like he's just out of reach, like there's something in the way.
1: If you do not mind my asking, how does your brother factor into your spell?
4: I guess you could call him my anchor. I've got sort of a teleport spell, but I can only send people as far as I can see. Teleport? Um, yeah, it means to move something instantly from one place to another. Is such a thing possible? Uh, sure. I've even figured it out, too. You want to see? You might not like it, though. It's not university-approved magic. Despite popular
1: opinion, the scholar in me is much stronger than the disciplinarian. Please, let me witness your spell.
4: Okay. Prepare to be amazed as I move this big ol' rock right out over the lake. Work stupid magic from here to there! I ignore him. Takes a bit of doing, but the OD surge is making it a lot easier. That, that
1: was remarkable. I have never seen such a thing, and
4: this is how you plan to go home? That in the far sight. If I can see to Boston, I should be able to send to Boston. Like Draynor said, both kinds of magic together. If I had not seen it,
1: I would not have believed it. Incredible, but a person is not a stone.
4: Well, I figure. What is a person, really? I mean, we're mostly just made up of water and minerals. Nothing fancy or anything. What do you mean? I can't think too hard about it. I just need to think about it scientifically or I might mess things up.
1: Uh, so we are, what, little more than dirty water?
4: Not really, but we're not so different from any other animal. Animals? <laughs> sure, we're all just blood and guts. What do you think, those are made out of cheese?
1: I must say, university teaches a very different story. In truth, our viscera and that of furred animals are probably not so different, but but what of Tagli? Tagli? That sublime spark of humanity, Shay.
4: Um, sure. No offense, but science in my world is way more advanced than yours. I'm not saying there's no sublime sparks or anything. Apparently, there is something more what with Drainmur and its awesome prophecies. But whatever it is, it's not our physical bodies. Trust me, I took a class on that last year.
1: I... I am not so certain that I comprehend what you are saying. But if you believe your spell will transport a person, then... Well, I
4: haven't tried it on a person yet, but I'm pretty sure it will work. I don't know, maybe I'll do it on a bird or a fish or something first. Actually, that's a good idea.
1: Well, if you need any further assistance...
4: No, sometimes you just have to say a thing out loud. Thanks for being my sounding board.
1: Um, certainly, Shay.
4: So, did you just come over to check on my spell, or...? Ah, well,
1: I was of a mind to discuss last night.
4: Yeah. Look, Jareth, I want to apologize. I took advantage of you. I should have stopped things when I saw where they were headed, but... I guess I just had to blow off some steam. Oh. Jareth, I'm leaving here in a few days. Forever. I can't just, you know, it's not fair to either of us. I'll always treasure our friendship, but for both our sakes, we can't let this get out of hand. I mean, maybe if stuff worked out differently. But I have to go home, Jareth. I'm needed there. And I can't abandon my family. I can't abandon Mike and Catherine. I'm I'm sorry.
1: I understand. Box and wolf for wasting your time, Shay. I shall leave you to return to your work. Hey, Jareth.
4: Jareth, you're not a waste of time, Jareth. Hell, way to go, Brown. Work stupid magic.
0: You know, Zona, I never in a million years thought that I'd enjoy fishing.
2: A million years is an abnormally long time to
0: dislike a thing. Eh, I could do it. Yes, I suspect you could. From anyone else, I suppose that would have been an insult.
2: Consider it a compliment. I've met a great many people in my time, but never one with a resolve to match yours. Not even Jareth? Jareth included, yes. Ouch. (laughs) You are so much like I was in my youth, Kate. Strong-willed, but swift to judge. There was so much I did not know.
0: But the decisions you make define who you are, and you have to be a little judgmental to make those decisions. And, oh, it's so awful to be a judgmental person, but is it better to just blindly accept everything? To just close your eyes and let the world walk all over you? I have found it best to accept everything, yes, but with eyes
2: that are open, not closed. To deny yourself any of life's truths, even the difficult ones, is to deny yourself a full life. I guess. Think of it this way. Seeking truth, like fishing, requires only stillness and patience. Pass a barb chuck to the cheek. When necessary, yes.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Kate, it appears that you will be returning home soon. Yeah. Are you prepared? Prepared? To leave. To resume your life
0: in Boston. I don't really know. On either count. I'm going to miss it here. Even though I seem to be doing a good job of burning my bridges. This place has such purity compared to my world. How so? Everything seems more innocent. Where I come from, nothing is new. There's no mystery to anything. Everyone's so cynical and jaded. Even me, I guess. That's probably why I've gotten so upset over things like Mike's marketing plan and stuff. Part of me just doesn't want to see this place grow up and become like our country, our world. And is this also why you are hesitant to return? Hm. Guess so. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't tell anyone what happened. They'll all think I'm crazy. And... I don't know if I want to return to all the noise and traffic and everyone yelling at me to be someone else. I mean, what am I going to tell my parents? How can I even face them at this point? But it's not like I have anywhere else to go. Shauna's really my only friend and there's certainly not room in her house. And I suppose I could... Oh, wait, no. I do not want to do that. What? David, my former boyfriend. Or, uh, Doki Luna. Have I told you about him?
2: I do not believe so. The two of you had an unpleasant parting.
0: (laughs) And that's putting it mildly. (sighs) I dropped everything to follow him to Boston. Of course, then I find out he's an awful person, but it was too late, I'd made my decision, and I was not going to go crawling back to my parents. They were so smug about the whole thing. So, I enrolled last minute at MSU, got a job at Antonio's, and here I am. I mean, you'd probably put me up for a while, but that's not really an option I want to explore. (sighs) Whenever I think about what's going to happen next, I just freeze up. The path is dark, and I have no idea where it leads. I have found that dark paths can lead to brighter ones. Prepare for tomorrow, yes. But do not destroy yourself for it. These past months have been wonderful, Zana. I've learned so much about myself, I almost don't want to leave. I accept all of it with open eyes,
2: and in a way, you never will. Now, this is what I'm
6: talking about. Chilling with my homies.
5: Very true.
6: What is a... a homie?
5: Uh, A friend.
6: Then, (laughs) I agree.
5: It is unfortunate that Jareth finds it so difficult to relax. He could use this.
6: Yeah, even Catherine looks like she's relaxing out there. On that boat. Can't say I'd imagine she'd like fishing. So, Vesmer, Hmm? what is between you and
3: Keith?
5: Ah, Apparently nothing. I was merely a bowman at night. What I am most curious about is Jareth and Shay. What do you think, Mick?
6: Dunno. We're probably leaving soon anyway.
5: That is unfortunate.
6: Yeah, I was just getting used to this place. But I need to get back home. It's where my stuff is. Still, it's two and a half weeks I'll never forget.
5: Oh, I had almost forgotten how much time you had missed.
6: Yeah, so, what do you guys think of Mr. Ham? I have come to dislike him slightly less this past week.
5: I wonder, who is Mr. Ham's wife? Wife? Well, yes, from his name, I gather that he is married.
6: Uh, I might have missed this while I was out. What's the deal with names?
5: Well, the first part was given at birth. His parents named him Miss.
6: Upon
3: entering society, uh, you were granted the second part, usually by a mentor, so he was given Ter.
5: And when you wed, the pair chooses a third part, so he and his wife added a Ham to their name.
3: And if they had a child, they would add the name they gave their firstborn to their
6: own. But Mr. Ham is two words.
5: Two words? Really? What do they mean?
6: Um, Parna, the rear quarter of a pig. You know, this chunk. Usually smoke it or cure it. We call it the ham. In truth? Yep. (laughs) That is quite funny. If we keep it, we could introduce a Mrs. Ham. That works, right?
5: What does that mean?
6: Erna... Ham.
5: Oh, that is perfect, then.
6: We, oui, oui, Jareth. <laughs> did you find Shauna? I did. She is practicing. She tells
1: me she has nearly completed the elements of shift. Really? Indeed. Indeed. It looks as if your time here may be drawing to a close. Huh.
5: Would you care to join us, Jareth?
1: No, no. I still have much work. What are you doing? Oh, you will see.
5: Oh, come now, Jareth. Merely a hint.
1: Absolutely not. I will converse with you more later. Enjoy your beach.
6: Now what's that all about? Mm. Eh. I think I'm gonna go find Shauna. Later guys.
3: Later. Meek. Mm.
6: Hey, Ashauna. Hey. You're ruining some kid's sand circle.
4: It's my far sight array. I'm done with it. Ah. Uh. Can't leave it here for the mysterious forces of darkness to find. Ah. Uh. So, who are you far spying on? Tyler. Ah. Uh. Oh, uh, what'd he say? The spell was farsight, not speak. Doing both at once would have knocked me out. Plus, I have to save my energy for Silver Night. I can't waste any Odie until the moment I cast Shift. Ah.
6: Okay, I give. I've been paying no attention, and I'm sorry, the Silver Odie blah?
4: Don't worry about it. You can go back to working on your tan. I was not tanning. I was chilling. Under the sun. There's a difference. Yeah, you got me there. This new life Odie surge peaks during Silver Night. Apparently, it's the only time in the year when both moons are full. Night basically turns to day, and crazy things can happen.
6: Crazy things? Like three mild-mannered college students being transported suddenly
4: to another world? And you said you weren't paying attention.
6: But it wasn't a silver who's it
4: when Fesmer summoned us, was it? No, that was something else, and we're not going to be around long enough to find out what. Huh. And Fesmer didn't summon us. He accidentally messed up someone else's spell.
6: Huh. Yeah, I do remember that other voice. Some awful
4: chanting. So who cast it? Like I said, don't know, don't care. We're running. Look, Shauna, maybe we were brought here for a reason. To do something important. Mike, don't. Just trust me on this. But- Don't! Just- Shauna. Do you have any idea what it was like seeing Tyler not being able to reach him? He was like a stranger. He didn't even know I was there. He looked so sad, but I couldn't talk to him. Hey, Shauna, I, I didn't mean to... <sighs> it's, it's okay. I've been a basket case lately, I know that. I don't expect you or anyone to understand this. I think I'm going crazy, you know? And if I have to stay here any longer, that's the best case scenario. We have to leave. I have to leave. If you want to stay... No. Th- I want to be with you. And I know Catherine does too. We're on your side, Shauna. Okay. God, it's good to hear that. Some days you have no idea how alone i felt. I have some idea. You saved my life,
6: remember? I'm with you till the bitter end, and that's a promise. Though, I'd prefer it if the end were not so bitter. Blend would be okay. (laughs) Alright, what do you say we start heading back? I smell hot pig cuisine
4: in the air. Filled with flavor. Lots of flavor. Yes, that's right. (laughs)
6: So, Shauna, our hero, what exactly is the plan for getting us back to
4: Boston? (laughs) Well, we just go to the clearing where we first crashed in, wait for the apex of Silver Knight, and then I cast the spell. And you're ready? You worked out all the nuts and bolts? Absolutely. Every last one, even the spares. All right. So, how long till the apex? Well, today's New Hope. It happens in the wee morning hours of New Life Day, so a little more than three days, I guess. Wow. So soon. Yeah. Well, on the plus side, you won't have to deal with Archon's parents anymore. You know, lately they've been pretty nice. No weird looks or anything. They don't seem to mind having me around. Yeah. Archon probably said something to him. Probably. She's been a great friend. Yeah. So, you and Archon. Ah, oh, tell
6: me more about this, Boston, why don't you? What's changed? I don't suppose you could tell me how MSU football team's doing. You know, it's funny you
4: should mention that. Yeah? Without you, they've lost every single game. They're even talking about disbanding. I saw a newspaper and the headline read, MSU Puritans pray for third string archers return. You know,
6: I'm not at (laughs) all
4: surprised.
5: Mmm.
2: Mike. Compliments, Shishua. Yeah, that was delicious, Sana.
5: Truly a wonderful dinner.
0: Thank you. She got the sovereign's portion of the guap. I never knew I was good at fishing. I'll have to do it more often.
4: Well, this is great. I haven't had a meal around a campfire since I was a Girl Scout. (laughs) You were a Girl Scout? Only for a little while. I didn't have time for it. What is a Girl Scout? It's an organization where girls learn to go camping and stuff like that, but mostly we just did macrame. I was a Boy Scout for a while.
6: Would have stayed, too, but football took up too much time.
1: I empathize. I would have stayed on the Bricka team as a student, but there were too many practices. I did not have enough time to study.
6: Yeah,
2: probably could have done more of that, too. Would any of you care for more guap? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I could take another was... bite. Then it is time for dessert. Arkan, would you retrieve those cups? The small clay ones? No problem. That's it. High five! Oh, man. These ones... Pass them around, Sanjan. So, what's all this? This jar is a rare Sorena from Najal, far to the south by the Sea of Green Waters. The custom is to share it before a parting, to celebrate and preserve forever the bonds of eternal friendship.
0: Mm, really?
2: No, I invested the last part. It seemed appropriate. In truth, it just gets you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I have been saving this for just an occasion as this one. The actual custom is to pour for the person on your left, and to never allow their cup to empty. Goshen, however, it is powerful.
0: Kate? Uh, Ah, well, just this once, why not? Shagrendi. Now you pour for Jarrett.
6: So, who knows
1: some good drinking games? I know several. Here you are, Vesmer. Really? You forget, I was a student, not unlike yourself. Alas, they all involve playing cards or tixirin or the like.
6: Oh man, you're gonna have to teach me some of those Londian drinking games. Thanks, Shana. Yeah, my favorite's gotta be beer pong. Don't ask me to explain it; I wouldn't even know where to
2: start. Arca, chakrandi Meek. Is everyone served? The nie endura to our friends Meek, Shay, and Kate. Though they leave us soon, they shall remain with us always. Malzundo.
5: Muzzin'
4: Doe. Oh, wow, that's strong. This is delicious. It tastes like... I don't know, but it's good. <clears throat> Extraordinary, Sana. There is plenty for all.
2: So, keep the jog moving.
6: Well, no one else has a game. Then here's one. Whoever finishes first has to tell a story. When they're done, whoever has an empty cup has to go next.
5: What kind of story?
6: Anything. It could be something funny that just happened to you the other day.
5: Oh, I have just the thing, and I believe I am the first to finish. That means more for you. <laughs> Indeed. So the other day I was parading around town as Mister Ham. Zana had instructed me to remain in front of the sword, but it occurred to me that more people were missing.
6: I looked around. I was alone. I could still hear that eerie voice whispering like dry bones.
5: What did it say?
6: It said,
5: Fesmer
6: is a ten-year-old girl. Ah, <laughs> oh,
5: it did not. <laughs> hey, that, that, that this is not fair. I thought it had to be a true story. Hey, how do you know it's not? Please do suck it.
4: Mike, stop being mean to Fesmer. Fesmer, my cup's almost empty. Fill her up.
6: So that's my story. Whose turn is it now?
2: It looks like it's Anna's turn. Yes,
3: Shishwa,
6: tell us a story.
2: But you have heard so many of them before.
5: Yes, but they have not.
2: Ah, I know one I have not told you. The tale of the Hand of Fire. I suppose I will need to include some history for our Boston friends. This story begins with an ancient legend: the madness of Doro. This was before the origin, when the use of Odi rested in the hands of a privileged few and was not well understood, long before the Seven gave us university and active items. As a powerful natural mage, Doro must have seemed greater than human to the people he ruled. In a land far to the west, beyond the mountains that scraped the stars, he formed a great army and swept the land, burning field and forest, town and city. In his path, he left naught, but fine ash. In his madness, he had planted a seed that grew into the Wasting Plains, an endless expanse that is home to nothing but twisted trees covered in deadly thorns, and a few tiny creatures able to survive off their poisoned fruit. The peoples he had ruined rose up against him and defeated him. He was condemned to die in the most horrible way. As he burned and blighted their lands, so too would he burn. Only for all time. They created a magical fire that would burn until the end of the world and threw him in. Once he had caught a light, they pulled his still-living body from the fire and chopped into pieces. And yet, he did not die. The flaming pieces of Dora were carried to the corners of Amaranth. Legend says they burn still, but their locations are lost to time. Cool. Now the legend of Toro is barely remembered, and the truth of this eternal fire lost. For a long time, it was merely a story I read once as a child. When I was in the Seekers, I stumbled upon the diary of an explorer who had ventured west across the Wasting Plains. In it, he made a passing reference to seeing distant fires at night, but they were no mere wildfires. They did not waver, nor spread. Fearing they were illusions, he remained on course, eventually reaching an ancient city of ruins before being forced to return to the east. I was reminded of this man's story years later, when Targo, Targo None and I discovered a secret library in the ruins of Erendi. Amongst the tomes, I happened upon a slim worn book of notes and crude maps. I noticed something that reminded me of the explorer's illusionary fires. Upon deciphering the notes, I realized that this map led to an artifact called the Hand of Fire, which the previous owner of the notebook believed to be a Hand of Doro, locked in its eternal punishment. Targonone and I both agreed that, whatever the truth of it was, this Hand of Fire was worth investigating. We returned to Laundi and searched the libraries of both University and Reiner. Information was conflicting. I was certain that it was merely a metaphor for a hidden cache of knowledge. Dagonone suspected it was a magical device, not unlike a heart. When we were confident that there was likely truth in this map and the source we found, we gathered supplies and set off on a journey. We traveled west on the rivers and overland for days until we reached the mountains that scraped the stars. We arrived at a mining town that was reputed to be near a pass through the mountains. There, we traded for supplies and a team of to transport all the water and food we would need, since there is none to be had on the plains. The journey through the pass, which barely deserved to be called such, was difficult, but largely without event. After two days of brutal rocks and treacherous paths, we descended to the Great blasted plains. Discerning our course by the moons and stars, we began our journey. It was most difficult. The heat in the day was crippling, and in the nights there was a sharp chill. And it was so dry. Never have I known thirst such as that. We lost some of our burden to poisonous insects and serpents, But fortunately, the rest were hearty creatures, and were able to weather the fierce environment better than us. At night, we remained vigilant for the phantom fires. Finally, we were rewarded with the sight of one on the horizon. For three days, we followed the light, finally coming to its source. There, in the midst of a desolate wasteland, untracked by man, sat a squat, crude stone tower, it was of the same pale ashen appearance as the land around it and produced a powerful heat that was dizzying in the day. We withdrew some distance to an outcropping of rocks, likely one source for the tower's blocks, and waited for the night. When darkness fell, we found the source of the light we had seen. Through gaps in the stones, radiated light as if from a fire. As the air grew colder, my curiosity overpowered my hesitation. I donned my heavy wool coat that I had obtained for crossing the mountains, reasoning correctly that it would shield me from extreme heat as it had the cold. Entering the tower through its single low archway was akin to entering a raging furnace, but I entered all the same. The interior was an open, empty space, perhaps four paces across. The only feature was a stone daze rising in the center, a daze on which burnt a steady, brilliant flame. I approached as close as I was able. The heat was dizzying and painful. There I saw, amidst the raging flames, a human hand, perfectly intact, save for a spike driven through the palm and into the dais. And then I recoiled in terror, for I swear to Inorum that it was moving. I was overcome with a sensation of dread and suffering greater even than the heat. It was Doro's pain that I felt, trapped in the world of the living, knowing only eternal agony.
5: What happened next?
2: Targonone and I did what we could to understand what we had discovered, but we had little time to waste. Day came soon, and it was too hot to approach the tower, even with Targonone's magics and we did not have enough water to stay another night. We were forced to abandon our find. We shared our discovery with University, but those groups that set out to find the hand returned with nothing. Or not at all. Targonon and I never returned to find it. I could not face that pain again, as I had no solace to offer. So, it is likely still there, protecting its ancient secrets to this day.
4: Wow.
0: So, this was true? As the stars and the stones. I thought you had simply traveled. I did not realize. This old
2: lady has many surprises.
5: A living hand?
2: The world is broader and stranger than you can know. It seems to be my
3: turn for a tale now, but there is no way by which I could surpass that.
4: Yeah, it certainly blows my story out of the water. And we're out of booze. Guess that's a good stopping point.
1: Ah, wait. I still have something.
4: You already told
5: this story. (laughs) The serpents loosed in the dormitories.
1: Not another story.
3: Something else. Is this the great secret that has kept you occupied all day? Precisely.
1: Though I am uncertain it can rival Zana's story, it is something I have wanted to do to celebrate our new friends. To show my appreciation for them. Even you, Meek. It is unfortunate that we were unable to become friends, but. Don't worry about it. If you would all look over the lake, Senjen.
6: <clears throat> Begin! Whoa! I didn't know you had fireworks here.
4: Ooh! Yeah, they're
5: beautiful. Do you have any of the ones that go. Haha, <laughs> that is the one.
1: You have all been truly unique friends. Frustrating, confusing, certainly. But it is difficult to imagine going back to a life without you. You will be missed. Now, let us dispense with words and watch. This spectacle is just
3: beginning.
6: Thank you for listening to Second Shift, a production of Blue Sky Red Entertainment. Episode 11, Retreat, was written by John Tanzer and Brandon Kroos, produced by Becky Davis with assistance from Brad Smith. The director of this episode is Brandon Kroos. The voice talent includes the following. Becky Davis as Shauna, Alexandria Gist as Catherine, Mike Hunter as Mike, Julia Lunetta as Archon, Christina Milotowich as Zana, Andrew Schwartz as Fesmer, and Brad Smith as Jareth. The audio podcast was edited by John Galufo, mastered by Andrew Schwartz. Original music composed by Tim and Weinstock. The creator and executive producer of Second Shift is Andrea Schubert. For more information, please visit our website at secondshiftpodcast.com, part of Poly Network. Second Shift is copyright 2006 Blue Sky Red Design.
1: Is that a snakes on a plane reference? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
6: that never gets old. Mm. (laughs) Yes, it does.
5: Get these motherfucking snakes out of the motherfucking dormitories!